Welcome to Wise Health for Women Radio with Linda Prater. Women are pressed daily to give more, learn more, and be more, often at the expense of mind, body, or spirit. Each week with intriguing guests and topics, we'll bring you fresh ways to view your limited time, encouraging a shift to new, healthier perspectives. Wise Health for Women Radio, helping women thrive. And now here's your host, Linda Prater. morning and welcome to Wise Health for Women Radio. I'm Linda Crater and we are so very glad that you have joined us this morning. We are going to talk about the very difficult time that many people with thyroid dysfunction have in being diagnosed and most importantly being treated. And we are going to take a different approach today talking with an expert who has searched this for a personal reason and a family member, and we'll tell you his story in his own words. But we are going to talk about how there are ways to approach thyroid issues, and you don't have to suffer anymore because identifying the critical reasons, the underlying reasons that cause thyroid dysfunction and, and cause you awful symptoms. They, they may include weight gain and fatigue and anxiety and digestion and you know, so many hormones are produced and the thyroid has a very, very important function. So we have our expert today, Dr. Gil Kajaki. And Gil, welcome to our show. Thank you so much, Linda. Well, I am really intrigued by this because I have several friends who have Hashimoto's and the diagnostic odyssey was very long and very involved. And unless you are functionally medicine trained to go for the root causes of things, which not every practitioner is, you really can go for a long time with frustration and not knowing what's wrong with you. But you know something's wrong. Does right. that sound familiar to you? Absolutely, yes. That, that's why I get contacted because they know something's wrong, but somebody can't find it. So tell me how it normally works for people. They are not feeling well. They go to their uh, primary care physician and, you know, they, they get tested. And then what happens? Right. And, and that's, that's, let me just say, that's where the problem starts is that right. if you get your opinions about your health from traditional medicine or conventional medicine, meaning you go to the endocrinologist, the GPs, the MDs, the PCPs, you use your insurance, you pay a small copay. You just have to understand and accept the fact that they're influenced by the pharmaceutical and the insurance companies. Absolutely. So when it comes down to you having all these different symptoms and this practitioner of the conventional medicine model decides it's a thyroid issue, your only choices for treatment are going to be medication, radiation, and surgery. And so they're not going to do surgery right off the bat, likely, no. but they are going to try to do some kind of medication, some kind of conservative med to see if that works. Well, mm -hmm. you're really in trouble if all your lab tests come out normal, because now they right. don't know what to do. They can't do anything for you. They'll just send you on your way, even though you feel lousy. Well, and some of these things have really progressive symptoms, and it is really uncomfortable and it's scary 
And when you know that you're not right and you've got inflammatory blood markers and things like that that indicate overstimulation of your immune system, that's scary. Yeah, it is. And unfortunately, you won't get that from the conventional medicine route because they will only do the testing that the insurance company approves and allows. And that's going to be testing that's going to justify medication, radiation, or surgery. So these conventional medicine doctors, they won't do the inflammatory markers. They won't do adrenal markers. They won't do anemia markers. They're going to do two out of 10 thyroid tests. And if those two out of 10 come out normal, sorry, you're going to leave the office and you're going to have to find another practitioner. Well, I think what happens to most people is they go straight to Dr. Google with the 6,534,721 things that are wrong with you. Yes. And that that makes it worse because now your anxiety rises, but you know something is not right. Right. And I, th I think that going to the root causes always makes more sense. My background is actually in clinical pharmaceutical testing, you know, back to randomized clinical trials. And I have seen a huge change in the last 20 years that is engaged at medicating but not going for the root cause. Right. And so the rise of functional medicine and taking a look at the whole person and their habits and their nutrition and what they're doing and anxiety levels. And let's face it, we've had three years of high, high concerning uh, stress levels, yes. which did not contribute well to this, correct? Ab absolutely. That just made everything worse. And you know, you mentioned about root cause. Well, during this entire pandemic that was going on, I've never once heard on the media, hey, let's clean up your diet. Hey, let's exercise. Let's take some immune boosting supplements. I never once heard any of that. All I heard was something of some kind of a medication vaccination. Well, you're not wrong. My company's name is Wise Health. And I think they missed a huge opportunity from the public health standpoint to talk about wellness right. instead of only discussing illness. And I, I mean, I'm on my soapbox now, but I, I really do agree with you 100% because it was a good opportunity to learn new coping tools and nutrition. And we did not know we were in for a marathon at first. And then we learned we were. So what turned out to be, oh, okay, let's just party at home for a while, turned into a long marathon where people did not often have the tools. And so the poor coping skills took over. But people who were suffering before really couldn't even get treatment during that period. So did you move to telehealth? I'm just curious. No, luckily for me, I've been doing virtual consulting for about seven years. So when Fantastic. that, when that, yeah, when that transition occurred, it was a very easy transition for me, and it became much, much more accepted at that point. That's that's terrific news because I know so many people who were unable to be treated for very serious things like cancer. Um, I, I, Alzheimer patients couldn't be seen. I mean, you know, we all know the stories. Right. So when you take a look at someone, when someone comes in to you, I imagine you do sort of a holistic examination and find out everything from the psychosocial issues to the physical, to the nutrition, you know, the body, mind, and spirit things. 
Absolutely. Well, when people contact me, as you mentioned, they've already been talking to Dr. Google for a while and <laughs> they come in self-diagnosed. I mean, they, they contact me saying, I have a thyroid issue, my lab tests are normal, or I have a thyroid issue, I'm taking my medication, I still feel lousy, my doctor mm-hmm. won't do anything, can you help me? So they've already come into my world uh, diagnosing themselves. And okay. so that's where I start my kind of troubleshooting with them is like, well, let's find out if it really is a thyroid issue or not, because typically traditional medicine only does two out of 10 thyroid tests. So unless you do all 10 tests, you don't even know if it's a thyroid issue or not. And right. there's no way that you could be taking your thyroid medication, have a thyroid problem, and it's not working. And there's no way that all your lab tests can be normal and you still have symptoms. So the doctors are either reading the tests wrong, doing the wrong tests, or likely not doing enough of them, probably all three. And so we start with, is it even a thyroid issue? Do you need medication or not? And if you are taking medication, why isn't it working? Because I'm a natural doctor, I'm not a medication hater. If you need it, you need it. But yes, if you're taking it and it's not working, there's a problem. So we need to figure out why. So is it a thyroid issue or not? <clears throat> you know, are you appropriately medicated? Do, do you even we do even need to research the thyroid? And then if it's not the thyroid, then what I've figured out is that it's likely something called triggers or it's an autoimmune Hashimoto's component and mm-hmm. triggers our body dysfunctions that very closely mimic a thyroid problem, but isn't a thyroid problem. So these triggers, they look like a thyroid problem, they feel like a thyroid problem, they act like a thyroid problem, they have the same symptoms as thyroid problem, but it's not a thyroid problem, it's trigger. And so I look for these nine very common triggers. That's not all of them, but it's nine very common ones. And Mm -hmm. so, you mentioned the whole body. Well, I look for is, could there be a physical issue? Could there be mm-hmm. an emotional psychological component? Is there a mm-hmm. neurological component? Or is it a metabolic nutritional component? My specialty is the metabolic nutritional, but I'm very experienced in neurological and physical being a chiropractor. And right. so I look for anemias, blood sugar instability, adrenal gland dysfunction, hormone imbalance, inflammation, gastrointestinal problems, food sensitivities, chemical sensitivities, and hidden infections. So if they don't have a thyroid problem and they don't require medication, it's likely these triggers are the issue. And Dr. Google's not going to tell you that. And neither is your conventional medicine practitioner. No. And you're overwhelmed at this point with so much information because when you diagnose yourself, um, in some cases you'll be correct because you you know, have, have really looked inside and figured out what are the things that are off for you. But you, you don't apply your knowledge and your Kajiki. Am I pronouncing your name right? Is it Kajaki Kajiki. or Kajiki? Kajiki. Kajiki. Kajiki protocol. And you have developed that over the years, and it's been extremely helpful to people yes. because you identify the problem. I imagine just relieving them that they're not imagining these symptoms, that there is a root cause to it. And I I know that even if it's not what they want to hear, that you have Hashimoto's or you have these, or Epstein-Barr or some of these other things, 
at least they know that they have not been imagining it. Yes, yes. That's and, hope. Yes, and, and unfortunately, they're, they're conventional medicine doctors, when they don't know what's wrong, if it's not in their wheelhouse, it's right. something psychological, emotional. You're depressed. You're, you're anxious. Here, here's an antidepressant or an anti-anxiety medication, and that just makes it worse. Well, and it also puts the onus back on it's in your head, it's right. not real, and that is very discouraging to many people. So it really is, I'm a big believer in, in hope. I'm also a big believer in getting to the root cause, because unless you do, I don't care how many medicines you take and how much you follow the directions, if you're still not feeling better, something is still off. So I'm very intrigued by the fact that you look at all of these different markers because the thyroid is, is often a candidate when someone has gained a lot of weight, um, their, their hair and skin change, um, digestion, um, the fatigue syndrome. I, I'm curious, and I'm going to put you on the spot here um, because I'm curious, there are aspects to long COVID that appear to be very much related to underlying autoimmune diseases. Am I wrong? No, you're not wrong. Um, I, I, I think you're anecdotally correct. I, I think there's not enough research or information to True. make a direct cause. Um, but right. the small amount of research that I know of by a very, very uh, well-known immunology lab called Cyrex in mm -hmm. Arizona, they have made a connection with um, autoimmunity and long COVID and autoimmunity right. and even some of the vaccinations. So, well, and Epstein-Barr has been showing up as a side effect um, in VAERS. And it's yes. it, a lot of these things do not get the attention. But I, I think connecting the dots is important to do, even if it isn't fitting a political narrative, <laughs> because our, we get one body. We, we, we get one body and one life. And living our best life is obviously the goal of, of most people. So when you have met your first, you have your first consultation with a, a, a potential patient, as you're looking at things, um, do certain things jump out at you? I would imagine lab tests do. Yeah, lab tests absolutely do. Um, I, I think my criteria is this, is that you can't just look at the lab tests. You can't just mm -hmm. look at their symptoms. You can't just look at mm -hmm. their history. So I have a criteria where I want to match all three. I want the patient's symptom to match mm -hmm. the lab markers to match the triggers, to match their history. When I have mm -hmm. a, a match with all four of those areas, I've got a pretty good indicator of what I want to do and what I want to go after in priority. Mm -hmm. And I, I'm going to imagine at this point when someone has come to you, they're really open to learning more. And I, I think just being heard after not getting satisfaction from, um, as you put it, the, the regular practitioners, and I'm not critical of them. They have, they play a, a, a firm role 
and that's good and people trust their doctors. But I also think that we are now facing a lot of different things right. and a lot of, I work with veterans, so I, I'm with a lot of people who have toxic exposure issues. And so there are outside things that are affecting us. There are our, our own health habits that are affecting us. But a healthy immune system <laughs> is one of the most important things that you can do. Absolutely. And, and, and the, the issue is there's so many different factors that negatively and positively impact your immune system. Mm -hmm. So when it comes down to autoimmunity and Epstein-Barr and all these other autoimmune conditions that are out there, yeah, you have to have a, a really great immune system. And I look at the gut as being one of the main players in that because 80% yes. of your immune system is housed in your gut. So right. you have to really you know, evaluate what's going into your gut, how your gut is functioning from the very top to the very bottom, and mm -hmm. all the other tangent um, systems that affect the gut as well. And it's a very difficult situation. You, you can't just go grab an immune system boosting supplement and your immune system will be great. There's a lot to it. You know, I, I, I know someone who's having trouble with anemia and there doesn't appear to be a real reason for it. And as I listen to you, I'm thinking, huh, I wonder if, you know, you hold the key to having a different outlook because lab tests again, um, and then a whole series of, of tests, everything from colonoscopies to endoscopies to all kinds of things, to cameras in the gut, that kind of thing. The gut is very, very important, but I'm, I did not know that anemias were also part of the thyroid dysfunction. Um, it, you know, it certainly could be, I mean, anemia is going to affect your oxygen and your fuel supply to yes. every organ in the body. And the thyroid mm -hmm. gland is the only gland in the entire body where every single cell in your body has a thyroid receptor site, like a little thyroid garage. So mm -hmm. if your thyroid is malfunctioning, then virtually every cell in your body is going to malfunction to some degree. Great, <laughs> she says with chagrin. Um, okay, my goodness. The, what I really loved when I went to your website, which is drkajiki.com, if those of you listening want to follow along, and that's K-A-J-I-K-I.com, is that you don't use a cookie cutter approach. You don't use you know, do these five things and you'll be well. You take an individualized approach, which I think is becoming so rare because physicians are pushed so hard by insurance companies, et cetera, right. to get you in and out in five minutes. And oh, by the way, write your records. And they have six admins to keep the electronic records on file. And it, it, it is turned into more or less a I don't know, what's it called when you put the car assembly line mm -hmm. on an assembly line? And, and that's a shame. Yeah. So when you revolutionize the way that hypothyroidism and uh, Hashimoto's are diagnosed and corrected, you're using drug-free solutions whenever possible. Absolutely. And if it requires 
a medication, I'm not the person to dispense it. I will send them to their primary physician and say, hey, look, take these lab tests back and tell them that you feel like you need some medication and, and get the medication. Mm -hmm. Sometimes mm -hmm. there's so much damage that occurred before I even get to talk to the person that they right. have to be on some kind of a medication. Maybe it's a bad infection. Maybe it, maybe the thyroid gland is so damaged you need thyroid medication. Maybe you need a, th a hormone replacement. I mean, we don't really know. That's, right. that's why the first step is, is this a medical problem? If it's not a medical problem, then great. Let's troubleshoot it and look for all the root causes. And, and again, we're back to root causes because yeah. I think that that is really, really important because if you just are taking medications, it's not working. A, it's expensive. B, it's time consuming. C, you don't feel better. And four, you really start to doubt yourself. Yeah. And those, none of those things are good for well-being. So when you are, are talking about nutrition, what are some of the things that you would look for or recommend for someone to whom you're saying, you know, I think there's some work we could do on on your nutrition, um, your gut uh, health, that kind of thing. I imagine you you kind of go through a list in your mind, again, individualized to the person. Right. Talk about that a little bit. Right. Um, as you mentioned, it, it's everyone is different. So people hate that because they they want to know, what do I do? What do I eat? What kind of diet? What kind of supplement? <laughs> I don't know. Until I evaluate you, you don't know. So right. I do have different kind of eating plans for people, depending upon what their mm -hmm. lab markers are, their triggers are, what their symptoms are. And it could be just something as an elimination diet where we start mm -hmm. eliminating the most common inflammatory foods like gluten, soy, dairy, eggs, nightshades. And it may be something where we have to do some kind of an intermittent fasting. But if you have a blood sugar stability problem or, or reactive hypoglycemia, intermittent fasting is a horrible idea for you. Right. It, it may be something with paleo, but if you're sensitive to dairy, then paleo is a horrible idea. So we really have to try kind of troubleshoot what kind of eating plan would be the best. And there is no best eating plan. Everyone's different. But we'll typically start with, hey, look, if we don't know where to start, start with this. Take out the gluten, take out the dairy, take out the soy, see what happens, mm -hmm. right? Eat foods that have only one ingredient on it. Right. And that's it. And then see what happens. Well, I've, I've always been taught that uh, the closer you eat to the way God made that food, the better off you are. So staying Absolutely. away from processed foods, when you shop, shop the perimeter of the grocery store, uh, go to farmer's markets. Uh, there's, there's really everything in moderation is okay for most people, but for some people, I have a friend who is very sensitive to nightshades. So learn that and no longer eats tomatoes. So, you know, those are the kinds of things that I think people can discover if they have someone to guide them in that correct direction. The other thing I think that is really confusing these days is you peruse Facebook or you just go on email and, and look at all the ads that are showing up and you see prebiotics, probiotics, um, and you think, oh, okay, this this all-purpose thing will help me. <laughs> well, you're laughing because isn't that what you hear? That's what they do all the time. It's I read, I heard, somebody told me, this is great. 
you know, and what I have to really say at that point is this, look, if that article, if that interview had your name on it, it's probably just right for you. But if you didn't mm -hmm. hear or see your name mentioned, that's not for you. They're just doing a generalized recommendation. So let's figure out what you need and what you don't need. Exactly. And I, with thyroid, you end up with, um, I, I just know too many people that are on Synthroid or the generic equivalent. Um, and again, weight gain is often a huge problem. So you're not happy with your appearance. And, and one thing leads to another, you know, the body in motion stays in motion is, is very true. So moderate exercise is a health factor that's important for people. I, in fact, I don't usually use the word exercise. I, I just say movement because I, I tend to think that um, just like diets, a strict diet is hard to maintain for anyone. Eating in moderation is often easier to do. Um, movement as opposed to go get on a treadmill and go for an hour each day. Well, your body gets used to that eventually. So moving in various different ways, you have to have fun with it. The best exercise program is the one that you will do. Right, right. And most of my patients too, they are so fatigued. Their fatigue levels are so horrible. They can't right. even think about exercising. Right. And, and let's face it, uh, during the pandemic, a lot of people, you know, were forced to stay home. Um, if you lived in, in an inner city, you did not have a lot of options. Um, it, it's funny because we all went through the same pandemic, but we did not come through it the same way. Some people, you know, had a a good situation where they could be outdoors and take walks and, and be in fresh air and others did not. And so the pandemic was not the same for everyone. Some right. people, you know, had a, had a yacht basically, and some had a pool noodle to <laughs> hold them up. And so I, I think we have to be honest about the fact that yes, we all have the pandemic, but don't judge others because their experience was different from your experience in many ways. Yes, absolutely. So as you are talking to, to patients, you have testing protocols. You look at many, many different tests. You're looking at inflammatory blood markers and things, which it's interesting because the medical people I know were talking about during the pandemic that they were suddenly noticing a lot of inflammatory blood markers on those that became seriously ill and ended up in the hospital. Um, I know that uh, there are terms that become almost ubiquitous, such as leaky gut. Uh, same with the probiotics and the prebiotics, and what are they, and when do you use them? Another one that is not used very often and is not as well understood in terms of digestion are digestive enzymes. Sure, sure. And and they're all that's just as critical as healing the gut lining, as getting a prebiotic, as getting a probiotic, as getting hydrochloric acid. They're all critically important to that whole digestive process working appropriately and getting that immune system to be functioning optimally. And then let's go to the psychosocial. 
you know, as if, if you are so fatigued, you cannot move, you do not feel um, yourself, you're not interacting well, or perhaps you live alone and you're just not getting the stimulation you could because you just don't feel well enough. Work is still a, a remote uh, online thing. And, and we noticed over the over time that remote uh, teaching, learnings, meetings, more and more people turn their cameras off. They didn't want people to see them anymore. Now, there's multiple reasons for that, but it it was enough already. And I think a lot of people just hit a wall. And so when you're not feeling well or you things go back to, well, I don't use the word normal because that's a setting on a washer, but <laughs> when things go back into the old routine and you're still not feeling well, that's depressing. Right, right. And that has impacts on your thyroid function, your adrenal gland function, your gut function, your hormone production, your hormone activation. I mean, it has negative impacts on many physiological systems. Including sleep. Uh, you know, sleep is probably my number one criteria for improving <laughs> your immune system. It's, it's I, I call it sleep is like gold because I agree with you. And I, I think that, you know, we are so broken up in terms of blue light screens, in terms of poor sleep hygiene, not keeping a schedule, um, e either erring on the side of staying up too late or, you know, waking up in the middle of the night and, and being frustrated that you can't fall back asleep. There are so many things that are um, identified with poor sleep. And now we're finding out connections that poor sleep get, gives you a higher risk for things like Alzheimer's. Now, no one wants this. So sleep hygiene and um, getting enough sleep, insomnia is, is brutal. So how do you help people with that aspect of things? Are some of the things I mentioned and are there more? Yeah, I, absolutely. I mean, you know, it's, hey, I can't go to sleep. I can't stay asleep. If I wake up, I, I can't go back to sleep. So now you have to troubleshoot that that insomnia. Is it neurological? Is it metabolic nutritional? Is it emotional psychological? Is it an adrenal issue? Is it a blood sugar stability issue? What's happening? I mean, so that in itself, insomnia is just as difficult and confusing as trying to troubleshoot thyroid is we have to find the root okay. cause. So we start with, is it emotional psychological? How much of how much of insomnia is, is it? Is that? Is it neurological? Is it metabolic nutritional? And we start troubleshooting those areas one by one with different kinds of lab testing to try to really rule out. We're not trying to figure out what it is, we're trying to figure out what it's not and then figure out what's left right. over and then we can do our protocols. And sleep is so critically important. I, I know that uh, a lot of the time stressors really will come out at night. They're, they're little demons that come back out at three o'clock, for example. I've heard about people who talk about a cortisol surge at three, which yeah. is the stress hormone. Um, I don't know if you agree with that or not. I'm just repeating what one of my guests had mentioned. I totally and agree it, with that. And, and that's I thought you might. 
reticular activating system, which is neurological yes. component. So there, there's a lot of things involved. And there's so many things I have control over working virtually with somebody over the phone, but I know where right. to send them for neurological support or send them where for emotional, psychological support to, to work on those other root causes. Well, again, you take the whole person approach, which is really important because there isn't a just, okay, do these five things. I've looked at you, I've looked at your lab tests and, and we've talked briefly. We, we've been on the phone for 30 minutes. Okay, I, I've got you solved. It's not that simple. No, never is. So in the course of working with someone, as you have your initial consultation, for example, and on your website, you have an initial consultation that's very reasonable that, you know, people may want to consider. So, you know, we will post the website on the show page for sure. But I think one of the really interesting things is you can have bottles and bottles of supplements, but you may not be taking them at the right time with the right foods. I'll give you an example. Taking um, vitamin D, if you don't take it with fats, it's not absorbed. Now, does everybody know that? Very few people know that. And when it's paired with K2, it absorbs better. That's right. It's more effective, correct. Right. You can tell that I, I did my research um, <laughs> during the pandemic. Yep. I did because I thought I am going to boost my immune system so that I am, you know, small but mighty. And so I, I really feel like I'm very fortunate um, because there, there are many people I know who really had difficult times with this, both psychologically, physically, and a, a lot of fear. And two things drive behavior, fear and love. And we had a lot more fear going on. Right. So, you know, I, I imagine you deal with those aspects as well. And maybe you do refer someone over to a psychologist or a therapist in some way. Absolutely. But just identifying the fact that, you know, your mind is overriding your body right now. Yes, in many, many cases. And, 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 and I tell people too, that you know, the, the best diet plan or the best supplement in the world won't overcome the negative impact of you sabotaging yourself with your negative thoughts. So let's find somebody who can help you with that. I, I love the, um, I'm sure you've heard of them, automatic negative thoughts, ants. Yeah. And they're, they're phenomenal because I, 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 I'm, I also am a coach, a health coach. And so I, I laugh because it's so much easier to say to someone, okay, the answer back, as opposed to saying, stop being a negative Nelly. Um, that's not very effective. But when you know that, you know, black and white thinking, always, never, um, those sorts of things that proliferate on social media really are not helpful. And also on social media are a lot of, they, they're well-meaning and well-intentioned people who are trying to help you, but they may not have validated information that they're passing on. Just like Dr. Google can tell you a million things, but if you're not asking the right question and seeking the right sources, you're not going to find it. Right. So 
negative thinking is something that a lot of people are overcoming now as as we've come out into this more routine period and it's 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 a default but the good news is our brains are so it's a wonderful organ neuroplasticity you can create new defaults when you know what's wrong and when you know how to make positive out of negative i agree with that so how how do you end up talking to people like that are you, are you encouraged when you find a symptom such as that and because it gives you a a, a roadmap or them a roadmap yeah i um, I, I think i mean the, the way i give people some hope and some direction mm-hmm. is we start off with every person saying look it's a possibility and it's definitely a mixture of emotional, psychological, metabolic, metabolic, nutritional, neurological, or physical. It's really not anything else other than those four categories. So my expertise is metabolic nutritional. Let's see how much of your condition we can get resolved just through doing metabolic nutritional work with you. And then Mm -hmm. if there's something left over, we'll see if it's physical. And if there's still something left, we'll see if it's neurological and then if there's still something left we know that that's that little bit's probably psychological emotional and at that point we can send you to the appropriate practitioner so well, we, i also love that you wrote this book called sick tired untreated and abandoned how the medical community fails hashimoto patients and how you can get your life back because You know, sometimes something so simple as reading about someone who has the same things that you do is very helpful. Yes, it lets you know you're not alone. And someone has been through this journey in front of you and laid out a a roadmap for you. Uh, Again, the URL that you want to go to to find out more is Dr. Gill. No, sorry. It's Dr. Kajiki. So Dr. K-A-J-I-K-I dot com. And the book, again, is Sick, Tired, Untreated, and Abandoned. And it's it's really important that people understand that they are not alone. And please do go to his website because there's a lot of information on there that's going to resonate with you if you have these symptoms. So... Gil, talk about anything I may have missed, because we don't have time in this show to go over all that you do. Give me a summary statement. All right. Well, people are going to be looking for answers. And mm-hmm. I'm, I'm going to slow you down a little bit and, and tell you that before you know, before you can find out what you can do, you have to find out what's wrong. So mm-hmm. you have to find somebody to find an individualized plan for you troubleshoot. The way I do it is I look for the triggers. I I match up what your symptoms are to what triggers I think you have. And then I'll do lab testing to confirm what these triggers are or not. And once I find the triggers, now I know the root cause. And at that point, I can create natural protocols with vitamins, herbs, minerals, enzymes, amino acids, detoxes, de-inflammatory eating plans, lifestyle changes, that start removing those triggers, which will then positively impact how that thyroid gland works. And then that's when your symptoms will start to get better. 
And at that point, you have won somebody's heart over because you have made them feel better. And there is nothing better than feeling healthy and vibrant again. And it makes a giant difference. Gil, thank you so much for sharing your information with us. Again, that website is drkajiki.com. And again, I'll post it in the show notes. But thank you for talking about this mighty organ, this thyroid, that we really do need to know more about and how to manage it. Thank you so much, Linda. It was a total pleasure. Thank you. Thank you for tuning in today. You can find more shows at wisehealthforwomenradio.com.